Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Welcome to the Help Desk for Monday, the 8th of February. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. You might be able to hear a bit of a croak in my uh, throat. I've gotten the same sickness that my baby had all last week, so everything is fantastic down in Melbourne. How are you, Tess? Oh, that's terrible news. Um, I was going to apologise for the cicadas and birds that you uh, <laughs> hear on, on my end of the audio. <laughs> I think we've all gotten used to um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just jump into it then. Mm-hmm. Um, so his first story today, this week, is revisiting Section 230 uh, in the US. So in the last few months of his presidency, Trump, if you still remember that guy, railed against tech companies over Section 230. He believed conservatives were being unfairly targeted on social media, and that's really where his focus was, around less moderation. Democrats have taken a different approach, proposing to change 230 to only protect speech, not actions or information. Uh, This means Twitter, for example, would still be protected on speech it hosts, but it could be fined for hosting uh, things like instructions on how to make a gun or providing um, a platform that leads to an insurrection. Just as an Uh, example, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Section 230 to me, it seems messier than our media code. And people have been too scared to touch it for so long because it it has been seen as the, you know, the 16 words that created the internet is how they describe uh, Section 230, which is no provider or user of, of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or the speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. They want to change the words information to speech. The SAFE Act was introduced Friday by Mark Warner, Maisie Harino and Amy Klobuchar. The bill has already drawn some criticism for dismantling the protections of 230. TechDirt had a pretty long list of issues. One of them was that one of the aspects of the bill is that if you pay money for a service, then you're immediately uh, stripped of your 230 protections. And so they're saying that any web host would suddenly be uh, on the hook for anything that anyone posts. I mean, it's early days. This will be fought for for ages as well, but uh, worth, worth pointing out. And uh, moving on to our messy media code, uh, Scott Morrison has given some details about his call with Google CEO Sundar Pichai last week. The Australian has reported that ScoMo was upbeat and positive about the call, saying he made it clear the media code would be going ahead and Google would need to find a way to work within it. Uh, Sundar Pichai hasn't confirmed this, but he also hasn't denied it. Yeah, meanwhile, Google's news showcase product launched Friday, apparently. Uh, I've been trying to see what it's like and I couldn't find it in my Google News app or uh, on the web or anything. But then 
uh, I thought I must have just been losing my mind. So finally, I, I went back in and looked under all the tabs. And it's actually under the newsstand column, which was their previous version of paying for news. But yeah, really hard to find. They haven't even changed the name of the tab from newsstand to showcase. So I don't know how much of a showcase of news it really is. Newsstand, that, that's different to just the traditional Google News. Yeah, yeah. So Google News is the overall service. Newsstand was the paid off section that you could you could pay for access to articles that were normally behind paywalls. Mm -hmm. And the very first publications that are participating in it from Australia are, you know, you would describe them as either either being regional or independent publishers, such as the Canberra Times, Illawarra Mercury, the Saturday Paper, Crikey, the New Daily, In Daily and The Conversation. So none of those big players that have been very vocal in the media code debate so far have jumped on board and have sort of indicated they're not going to until the mm, media mm. code gets passed. In the ongoing saga that is Apple versus Facebook, uh, Harvard Business Review has weighed in. They examined Facebook's claim that the upcoming app privacy settings in iOS 14 would affect small businesses, saying that up to 60% of sales would be lost if ads became less targeted. Harvard's study is long and detailed, so instead I just read 9to5Mac's crib notes. And according to that site, Harvard says that these, quote, eye-popping claims are overstated saying Facebook has conflated correlation with causation and there's no evidence that anti-tracking ads will be less effective. They also point out Facebook's reported increase in ad spend during the pandemic is also highly inaccurate. Facebook said that they saw a 44% increase in online sales. They're saying, actually, it's 34% even by your own numbers, Facebook. And then if you jump into those numbers, that's just the average and, and most industries saw about 11 to 17% up, uptake. So yeah, it's not like Facebook to exaggerate data to make themselves look good, but they seem to be doing it here. On the, um, you know, personalised, if you if I can't personalise an ad, then I will not be able to sell as much stuff. I kind of don't care if ads are less effective for small businesses. Um, I'd kind of compare it to if, you know, a TV broadcaster decided that, hey, you can't advertise gambling or alcohol content um, during the hours that kids watch TV. Mm. Um, that just kind of means the advertiser needs to take a different approach. And in this scenario, if consumers decide they don't want to be tracked on Facebook, then, yeah, small businesses are just going to have to find a different way to do their advertising. And, you know, I think that they've had to adapt to a lot of changes over the, over the years. Unfortunately, there's still not a great alternative for them to spend their money with other than Google and Facebook. So they're, they're in a tricky position, but overall I don't have a ton of sympathy for them selling less stuff. Yeah, and, and I mean, all of these businesses are still going to have all of the incredible data everyone gives to Facebook every single day, which includes all of the photos they take and upload and, um, you know, all location history and all of that, that other kind of stuff. The, the only stuff here is Facebook can't then jump into every other app on your phone and see what you're doing there and um, following you on every single website on on every browser that you, you visit uh, and, and creating an even bigger idea of what you are like they just have to use their own data now and they already make they already have so much data on you it's still going to be very highly targeted it's just not going to be oh, laser focused and 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 kind of creepy 
It still might be creepy. Yeah, it will. <laughs> and moving on, Australia is improving the technology it uses to predict bushfires and uh, will standardise its approach to modelling how bushfires behave across all states and territories. So at the moment, states use different approaches to modelling fires, and that can be problematic because bushfires don't necessarily respect border closures. The new Spark Operational Bushfire Simulation Technology has been developed by the CSIRO and the National Council for Fire and Emergency Services. It's a predictive model and it will be used to provide an indication of what a bushfire might do over the next 10 or so hours. And that's to help firefighters really coordinate their plan of attack. Uh, phase one of the technology's implementation commenced in January and further developments are on the way and it will be fully operational over the next three years. Fascinating stuff. And it's it's always weird when you're watching how differently New South Wales and Victoria report things like this. Uh, you'd, you'd think after after we finally you know got the, the rail standardised across the country 100 years ago that we would have sorted all this other stuff out as well, but yeah. Yeah, definitely good to standardise. And I think um, looking at all those epidemiological models that came mm-hmm. out during COVID uh, of you know the different scenarios of how many people would get sick, as um, I think it's given people a greater interest into sort of the parameters that you use to come up with these sort of results. Mm. And we, I'm definitely all about more science to fight bushfires. Absolutely. Um, it's been pretty quiet this summer and that's a good thing. But Way to jinx it. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, <laughs> no. that's all. That's very sad. But that's all we have time for for the Help Desk for Monday. Thank you, Tess. Thanks, Peter. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.